Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I want to talk about this gambling advertising, the new gambling bill that's been announced actually this afternoon. And it's going to mean that gambling advertising will be prohibited between half past five in the morning and nine o'clock at night. Um, it's been it's part of the gambling regulation bill approved by the government and a new authority will also enforce new advertising and sponsorship rules right across all media and will overhaul the licensing laws for the gambling industry and the government plans to have the new authority established and operational uh, within the next year and um, I mentioned this at the start because I want to hear from you listeners today what's your thoughts on it give us a call if you want to join the conversation David is with us on the line though David you used to work in the industry Um, do you think this new gambling regulation bill today is it a good move? Hi, Andrea. Absolutely, yes. I, I suppose when I was working in the industry up until about two years ago, um, a main part of my job was to actually lobby for regulation um, because I think we identified on so many levels that it was required, not just as operators, but also in the interests of public health. Um, Ireland was, and it still is actually, a, a backwater when it comes to uh, dealing with the issue of problem gambling. And I suspect you know, when proper research is done, we'll find that actually it's quite prevalent in Ireland, more so than is possibly currently being reported. So I think the regulator is very, very welcome. Um, I think she's going to have um, a difficult task, you know, getting everything up and running and getting up to speed. Um, But yes, I would wish her well in that endeavour. Uh, I suppose there's lots of different, you know, elements to this, like the betting on credit cards, the placing of ATMs in certain areas, other kind of gambling inducements, if you want to call it that. That's all going to be prohibited. Uh, those operating without a gambling license, they could face a prison sentence of up to up to eight years as well. Does it go far enough, though, David, considering that the, the current legislation that we had in place... Um, dates back to 1953. And like when you look at the changes that we've had in the past two decades, particularly around the use of social media. Yeah, I mean, um, I think the, the legislation that we have in place at the moment uh, dates back, as you say, to 1965. And I think in the Betting Act of 1931, to, to, to say it's out of date and behind the times is putting it very mildly. I mean, obviously, it didn't foresee the advent or the migration of, of gambling online, which has really transformed um, access um, and that's one of the key issues because you know previously the opening hours of a venue would dictate to some extent access to gambling whereas now as you know you can access it 24-7 and you know every mobile phone is effectively a gambling instrument instrument at this stage so um, prevalence is a big issue and um, trying to prevent underage gambling in, in a new environment does require uh, these measures. I think they might look a little bit stark um, just based compared to where we're coming from. But when you look at other regulated jurisdictions such as the UK or any other regulated jurisdiction in, in Europe for that matter, um, you, you'll find that these are relatively normal measures to, to put in place. Um, I, I, I think you'll find in terms of whether do they go far enough or not, I think, uh, I think we need to take this first step and uh, you know then assess in a most likely two to three year time period and and see where we need to go from there but certainly as a first 
um, measure, I think it's very, very welcome indeed, particularly okay. for those families impacted by problem gambling. Well, that's that's absolutely, and 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 like it's something that we constantly, you know, hear about David and the stories mm. of, of of people affected as well. Um, Westmeath hurler Davy Glennon is with us here as well on the show today because Davy, I know this is something that has has affected you. You've spoken about it previously. Do you think today's announcement is a step in the right direction? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I suppose it, it is a step, and, and I suppose there's something being done about it. Um, I suppose my, my gambling, obviously, I've, I've publicised it, and it was, I suppose, an in-house, uh, going into the bookies uh, type of gambling. But like as as time has gone on now, obviously, with, with phones, they're, um, as David stated there, they're a massive gambling um, instrument, um, and it's all online. Um, I see it myself with uh, Instagram, with Facebook, with Twitter. It's 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 in your face, uh, twenty four hours, seven days a week. But there has to be obviously steps taken. There's, I think it's twelve thousand people, problem gamblers out there at the moment that we know of. Mm. You know, um, there's so there's only so much services. Uh, luckily enough, the service that that I, I went to it, it was a twelve week program. But for two of them weeks, I was in I, I was in detox unit with alcohol and drugs, which probably wasn't the right step, but I just had to do what I had to do. Um, but thankfully, to this day, it was 2015, July, that I made the step, made the move, put up my hand. Like, the devastation, I suppose, that I had caused over the course of eight or ten years it wasn't just my family, it was employers. Like, it, it, was, it was chaos, complete chaos. Um, and I'm probably one of the luckier ones that had that problem, knew that feeling, knew the destruction that I did cause and what I could have caused until I had the the power to probably and and maybe, you know, to trust someone to put up my hand and say, Yeah, I have a problem and I need help, you know. But the, Davey, I have to say, you know, it's 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 a it's a very, very, very hard thing to do. You know, and I think like fair play to you for doing it because it's it's not it's not easy, you know, to to look for to look for help and to ask for help and, and to go then and to you know, as you said, to engage with the, the programme and the, the twelve weeks and to go through all of that. Um like when you look back now well, on yeah. no, go on ahead, go on ahead. Yeah, well it just starts out I suppose and it's 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 I think a lot of this advertising is focusing on kids it's attractive uh it's it's like it's funky it's on your phone it's i look at uh have a free bet your first bet is free it just it 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 drags you in it pulls you into the circle um i see it myself involved in sport it's taken the goodness out of sport and like when i talk to someone about sport whether it's soccer ga rugby the first thing what's the odds it's not about who's playing or what kind of a game will it be? Will it be a high-intense game? Will it be a poor game? Will it be a defensive game? It's all about what's the odds. Like, I see soccer. I see guys betting on how many corners will be in a game, how many shots on target a midfielder will have. Like, it's it's gone. It's, it's taken away from the goodness out of sport. But, you know, I, I suppose we can't do anything about mm. that. It's it's there. Uh, these these gambling uh, companies have that um, luxury of doing that, but it's just about maybe the legislation being updated. Like going back yeah. to the nineteen sixty five. Like it's it, it's 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 actually ridiculous. 
uh, in this day and age that things haven't moved on with with time and with with the way things are going on in this, in this day and age. Yeah, it's it's definitely without a, without a doubt the was the most far reaching, you know, or the, the the greatest level of kind of sweep and changes that we've ever noticed or ever spotted or ever seen before in in terms of um, the gambling industry or the gambling sector in in this country. Um, it's, it's do you feel like just. Casting your mind back though, Davey, like, and I'm thinking of young people today because there's a huge focus around this gambling um, regulatory authority bill around young people and the fact that advertisements can't be attractive to young people, that young people, you know, can't mm-hmm. gain access to, to, to online gambling. Um, you, know, you know, like, will young people, will people find a way around that? I mean, is there a way to just totally stop that? There, there isn't. There's people that's going to find a way around everything, I suppose. But it's just limiting, I suppose, the access as much as possible. Um, I suppose, like uh, a big thing would be uh, the advertising on television at night that um, that it's limited. I suppose it's nine nine p.m. at night. I think I think you could nearly bring it to ten or eleven o'clock, uh, half five in the morning. I, I'm not too sure about that, but mm. like I think the advertising of it is is the first step, and I suppose you can only take like you can't jump a mile. I suppose take little steps, uh, climb the first hurdle, and that's the first step. I suppose, and it's positive yeah. to trying to see will it actually improve, okay. and like it's fine if it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least you've tried something. But it's like it's about trying different things and seeing what works and what doesn't work. You know. Yeah, but you're, it's interesting that your your view on this is that the uh, gambling advertising we know it's going to be prohibited from half five in the morning to nine p.m. But your thoughts are that it actually should go that little bit further. It should be going till ten, eleven at night. I think so. Yeah, I think like, uh, and that's just me. I know, I suppose, from me, my experiences, someone could yeah. have a totally different uh, opinion on it, and that's that's the way it goes. But I just think that w- when you are doing that, nine o'clock, I'd be saying ten or eleven. You know, it gives t- a time. Obviously, kids, people going to school, they're going to bed. Nine o'clock. I don't know. I mm. think I think it's still still a little bit um, short. Okay. Uh, just to, to go back to the, the point you made a few moments ago um, on the, the, the around the number of people dealing, you know, and, and seeking treatment and the people living with, with um, gambling addiction in this country. Do you think it's far beyond the figures that you quoted, Davey? Did you, you said, what, about 12,000? 12, 12, I mean, is, is it beyond that? I mean, Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, no exaggeration. Like, when I came out first, I could have ha- I could have handed my phone over to a counsellor to deal with people crying out for help to me. Uh, obviously, fair play, you you've done this, and I'm no hero. I'm just explaining my story, mm. and like I suppose my my light at the end of my tunnel was Ushi McCampbell, and I always said it that I read his book when I was in treatment, and I said there was some kind of light at the end of the tunnel that I could have a normal life, and. Thankfully, to this day, touch wood, that today is a good day and I can only take today. But the amount of people that try and reach out, that are asking for help, that are asking about my treatment in Cora, what was it like, how long was it, how much did it help me, did I did it when I came out of Kumwira how hard was it, what did people think of me, uh, what did people write about me. I suppose there's mountains of people out there, there's mountains of stories that I, if I, I, if I could have all day I could tell you about. Not just me, you know, but the, the crippling stories that people had taken down families, like remortgaging houses uh, underneath their wife, um, waiting for the postman at the top of the road every morning so that they could 
collect the letters that it wasn't going to the house to see what was going on. Different stuff that like uh, I've I've heard and people I've tried to help and I suppose you can only give your experience. You can't catch someone, drag them into a treatment centre either. They obviously have to have um, to be re- to be realistic and hold up their hand and say, "Yeah, I kind of have a problem. I need help." And it's until someone, ex- you know basically accepts that they have a problem and until then mm. you can do nothing I suppose uh, and I suppose these regulations are to help but if someone wants to have a gamble or have a bet they can okay. um, and I, so, I suppose it takes that person to realise that they, they need help and I'm not asking you in any way, you know, Davy, to, to di- divulge any of the people that did get in touch with you but I, I'm just interested are we, are we talking about you know all age groups all walks of life. All age groups. Yeah. Yes, all walks of life. Uh, the business I'm in, I do see it myself firsthand. Like, and I, I could see a person in their eyes. You know, uh, I, I just one example. I got a guy the other day that came up to me and he says, uh, "Can I have forty euro?" And I says, "What do you want forty euro for?" He says, "I need to go home." He said, "I need to buy dinner. I need to buy groceries." He said, "I want to get a bit to eat before I go home." And and I said, uh, "Well, where is your own money?" And he says, oh, well, I, I don't have any. I, I have to pay bills. And I said, I'm only after passing you on the street and I've seen you coming out of the bookie shop. And he says, yeah. He says, I, I actually have a problem. And I said, that's fine. But I said, I will buy you the groceries, no problem. But I'm not giving you 40 euro to uh, go back to the bookies with. I just said, I left enough in it myself. I will not be doing that. But that's just one part of it. And that guy was in his 60s. You know what I mean? He's a family reared so like that's what you're dealing with you know so it's going it's going as it's, it's young and old there's every sort of generation you know Davey I do just want to say you know there's a, quite a number of messages coming in from people here today in the text line just to, to, to praise you and just to say thank you you know again for, for sharing your, your story uh, with people and with the public and I, I know you've done so um, very publicly before but you know pe- people do I think really appreciate you you highlighting this and, and speaking out and sharing your experience so I do appreciate your time on the show as well uh, Noel is with us too on the line um, Noel you've been listening to the these changes, this plan, draft plan that's been approved today um, for the gambling regulator. Cabinet ministers say it's going to pave the way now for this regulator to be introduced. There's going to be plans to include a ban on advertisements between certain hours of the day. I mentioned half past five in the morning and nine o'clock. Overall, Noel, what's your take on it? Is it a, a good move? Yeah, I think it's a good move. Um I suppose, just interesting to listen to the last two guys, and I agree with everything to say. I'm 11 years in recovery. It's just brilliant listening to David there because he's saying exactly the same things that I I would identify with a lot of us. You know, I was the guy that hid it from my wife, uh, ex-wife, for 10 years, you know, living in the same house, and you, you would just do anything. So I suppose what this does, in a way, is to stop that person that has that addictive personality, you know, getting caught up in the first place. You know, it's not going to really do anything for the guy that's already or the woman that's already in addiction. Um, but it's just that prevention of the start off, especially with younger people, as was said. It's made so attractive now, you know, if you're not in a sport. It's so much, you know, the slot machines, the poker, the roulette. It's the free spins. And, you know, I'm sure these guys are able to program a thing that the first couple of times you win, you're nearly guaranteed to win. So all of a sudden it feels like, oh, this is an easy way to make a few quid. If you have that addictive, addictive personality, <clears throat> it is so quick you get caught. 
So hopefully this might stop some people getting into it. That if they actually have to put 20 euro of their own money on the line, they might just not do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're going to have to look at totally different steps for people that are already in it. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're a loser, and I was a loser, um, bookies, they loved me. They would do anything for me, like, you know, um, they would court you. You know, they want you to keep coming back, to keep coming back. So I suppose you have to start somewhere. There's nothing perfect. You know, if you wait for the perfect, you will never do it. Mm. So it is, it's good. You start somewhere, you introduce these little things, see what's working. So, you know, you're going to be looking at, first of all, 15, 16-year-olds. They'll get around stuff on phones, passwords, or whatever you need. Yeah, well, a big focus, um, all right, seems to be on. I know we talked there about the, uh, you know, on on on, uh, on broadcasting and advertising there. But, you know, th- yeah. there's also a big focus as well on enforcing new advertising and sponsor- sponsorship rules across all media, you know, and, and, and even the online section of it. Because I imagine it's, it's the access to the devices that probably makes it so much more accessible. Are, are you happy now? Well, maybe to just tell us a little bit about your own story. Yeah. Or, you know, eleven years ago um, was that. I'm I'm since I'm I'm fifty I'm fifty in January. So I suppose I was look at I when I would have looked back at my story, I was living in the country. You were brought to bingo when you were nine or ten. Just look at it was kind of a social thing. You went with an aunt and uncle, your mother, yeah, yeah. whatever. And I remember the second night of bingo, I was in. I was hooked. I was like, whoa, wow. I was that young, nine, ten, and I was in. I would try and sneak away and buy an extra book for myself. I said, oh, I'm going over here to talk to friends. I was straight into it. That was my personality. People say, oh, that's cracked. You can't be a gambler when you're ten. But that was in my head. I was all about the numbers. Grand National would come round. I would freak out at events and uncles and... They would pick a horse by sticking the pin in it. You know how we used to do it, stick yeah, a pin in the paper, yeah. or I like the colours, or the I like color, the name. Yeah. And I would be secretly like, you can't do it that way. And I was that young. So people have to understand, you can get caught up in this this young. If you have a phone, and you hand it to a 10 or 12 or 13-year-old, and this catches their eye, they can be in so fast. And remember... We as adults think we know stuff about technology. We haven't a clue compared to young people. Mm. You know, if they need to be able to validate ages or this and they get around it and they'll do it. So if you can just take that stuff out of people's eyeline at that age, you're going to help. I would have been helped. Um, so look at my gamut for guests. It would have been <coughs> bookies. Um, casinos was my big thing. Poker machines was my absolute crack cocaine for me. And that's what I spent years and years at. That was the thing I would like to get in at 11 o'clock in the morning was a place to just open. And if I could get away with it, I would be there to close just 11 at night. Um, I probably tried to get away from it at different times. I worked in Dublin. I was always fighting, knew the destruction I was doing. Um, I would have moved down the country to get out of Dublin, to mm-hmm. get out of that scene. It was alcohol, it was gambling, it was a certain amount of drugs. Um, I my first my daughter with my wife at the time. Um, she didn't know anything about it. You're trying to work. You're trying to function normally. But everything that I ever thought about was where do I get money? How do I get out to gamble? And you're trying to live two lives, and it is horrendous the damage yeah. you do at the end of the day. I could not be lived with because I couldn't care less for anybody. You know, my kids, I couldn't care less. They were only a nuisance. They were in the way. 
my wife got to the stage where I, I couldn't talk to anybody. Literally could not talk to anybody. I used to ask two questions. How was work? Was one of them. I can't remember what the other one was. Just to be able to say, I've spoken to you. That's the downward. That's how far it brings yeah. you. To a point where I suppose for the last 18 months before I went into a place called Hope House in Foxford, um, I had two thoughts. was gambling and was suicide. And it was only, there's only one way to stop this and dead men cannot gamble. And that's where I was at. Um, I suppose I kind of didn't want to be here. I did want to be here. I didn't know what I wanted. Um, but I didn't see a way to stop. But you did, get, tre- you did get treatment then, Noel? I did. I did. Um, I suppose, you see, when they talk about the numbers of people that have a problem, they say 12,000, but gambling is the most secret thing in the world. So people aren't going to say it until it has absolutely hit crisis point for them. Or they're caught out, or they're cornered, and they've nowhere to go, and it has to come out. I was 10 years married. I had everything lost. We just about held on to the house. But more and more, I would get paid by the month. And then it was getting to a stage where two days in, I had all lost. Um, and then here, like a month trying to, I don't know, you're trying to get money different places. Um you are at the top of the road, intercepting the post. Um, all those things did them all, and it is just yeah. you don't know what way to turn. So I got caught out. I had to say I had a problem, and then I was lucky. I had family. I had a couple of people that could give me the money. It was I don't can't remember six seven thousand pound at the time for a month, and I was away for a month, and um, that saved my life. I would not be here. There is no doubt in the world I would not be here today well, if I hadn't got that help. And I suppose I didn't realise maybe how close I was. Um, a couple of times I kind of got quite close to maybe doing something. Okay. And But how are you um, doing now? How, how are you doing now, Noel? I mean, you're... Oh, yeah, look, yeah. there is a few. There is a, a life outside of it at the time. Yeah. You absolutely cannot see it. Oshie McConnell's book was mentioned. Uh, um, David there said it. I know, yeah. Like, it was such a relief when I read that book. I was still gambling, but it was, oh my God, at least there's one other person out there that is absolutely as crazy as I am because nobody, I thought nobody could be this reckless or this stupid or this, you know, just in this hole. Um, so when you get that, first of all, sort of, at least there's another person. It's, oh. I'm not the only one. I know. Um, and then you get help and look at it if you follow it and it can be hard. Yeah. Um, to this day it's hard. I, I have spent 10 years blocking things on my phone. I used to be really uptight about the first two or three years because I was afraid who's going to see this and they're going to think oh he's back gambling this that another. I have blocked and blocked ads and ads and they keep and You're still blocking them Noel yeah. I mean that's the one thing that people keep talking about here on on the text as well you know it's just it's trying to get away from it and, and, and blocking ads and stuff that pop up on the t- on the tablets and and the phones as well um no listen I I do want to thank you though for for coming on the show today and for sharing your story with us because I I know it's 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 not easy and it's it's a hard thing to do to to speak out and and share your story, um, you know, with with the nation and with listeners. So I, I ge- really genuinely appreciate your time here on the programme. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.